good realtor will spend three hours a day calling. This is not your typical boring real estate show. This is real estate marketing redefined, uncensored, and unedited in what's working today in the market minus the fluff. This is Real Estate Marketing Dude, because just having a license isn't enough. Now, please welcome your host, the unprofessional professional, Mike Cuevas. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. What's up, everybody? Uh, We got a good show today for you on a topic that I'm absolutely horrible at personally in business, but it's really important to running a business. It's actually the number one reason why I got business partners involved in my business is because I'm really bad at determining and calculating numbers of return on investments. It's a topic that we see quite a bit in the real estate industry space. A lot of times people are like, what is the ROI I get on video and content creation a lot? And that's something that's impossible to really track because it's all about your personal brand. However, there are a lot of things that are trackable, things such as Zillow leads, such as autoresponders, a lot of metrics you can track today. And in many businesses, in every business, it's the most important part of running a business. If you're not turning profit, and so many people I see spend so much money, you guys would be amazed at the amount of teams across the country right now that you would think from the outside are very profitable. They're making a lot of money per month. But when you actually look behind the scenes and their numbers, they're like netting like $2,000 a month and they're risking like $150,000 a month. So. I get a call a couple of weeks ago. Um, our guest comes on. Someone reaches out. Like, yeah, I talked to this dude. He's, he's built out a brokerage. We speak before we get on the show here, and he's like a numbers guy. So I think what we're going to get today, guys, if you're looking for uh, ROI numbers, how you calculate these figures, how do you run your damn business like a business, this is a show for you. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome our guest, Dan Rochan, to the show. Rochan? Rochan? How do you want us to pronounce it, buddy? Whatever. Whatever. Roshi is what they called me in high school. Roach? I like Roach. We could go yeah. with Rochi too. I like that. Rock um, on, Roach, Rochi. I say Roshan, but I'll, I'll, you know, whatever you got for Roshan. All right. We're going to roll with that. Uh, Dan, go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and uh, let's get rolling. Yeah, Mike, thanks for inviting me today. And, um, yeah, I completely agree with you in regards to the business aspect of real estate sales that so few agents actually, you know, even contemplate. But a little bit about myself, I've been selling real estate since 2007. And so I got into this market at a tough time. Apparently, it was a tough time. And, you know, for six months or so, I really struggled. And before I was a waiter in a really high-end restaurant in Washington, D.C., and I wanted to be a business owner. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't see the way. And then I found this real estate sales thing and I saw it as a business opportunity. And um, like I said, I struggled the first six months, talked to my broker. She's encouraged me, go, 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 go. And I'm like, look, Karen, I'm about to pay my mortgage on my credit card. Seriously, yeah. like this isn't supposed, this isn't cool, right? Yeah. And so she encouraged me. And then about a year after that conversation, I was able to buy the brokerage that I worked for. And I owned that for 10 years and I sold it a year and a half ago. And, and then the last 13 months, I've been writing a book, just finished writing that. Um, that's for real estate agents. And so um, that's a little bit of a brief bio of me. That's where I've been. And, and today, I just, yeah, thanks. Today, I just help out you know, buyers and sellers. So how many guys out there listening are like, hey, well, uh, I'd like to someday actually own this office instead of work for someone. This dude did it in 12 months. What is the key to making that happen? What did you realize first? Because you're right, the first six months of every agent's business, most people fall out 
fail. There are two reasons I see they're either taught the wrong things or they're surrounded by the wrong people. What did you do? What'd you find yeah. out? Yeah. So 87% of agents, as we know, are going to fail and either I would add on there the wrong mindset or the wrong expectations as well in regards to why they would fail. And I think so many people get involved in our business that really truly don't treat it like a business mm-hmm. and understanding that, you know, if you're looking at a business, there's going to be a foundation and then you build on top of that. So the foundation of any business is going to be lead generation. And then on top of the lead generation, it's going to be organization building. And then on top of organization building, it's going to be leadership. The biggest challenge that even uh, really good salespeople have in running a business is that they can be really good at the lead generation piece and they can be really good at the leadership piece and really suck at the organization building piece, which is, mm-hmm. you know, that's quite frankly, that's been, you know, my challenge. And I've learned through the years on how to become better at that, you know, but it's just like just understanding. Well, first, I think you just have to understand where you want to go because if you don't have a clear vision, a clear picture of where you want to go, you know, you're going to get wherever you go, you know, you, you know, so that was, I think, you know, the basis of the start of it. It is. A lot of people come in, you probably know this as a broker owner, but yeah. And I sold my brokerage by the way. So yeah. A lot, a lot of agents think they're working a job and it's not sure you got to approach it as a business. So with any business it comes down to the numbers. So let's get into that. Talk to me about the numbers and you guys today, you guys, you basically essentially help agents determine positive ROIs in their business based upon expenses in, expenses out, right? So we're just doing common sense numbers. I, I suck at this, okay? <laughs> I hate this because I hate numbers. I'm just, I'm way too high D. I'm like, I'm already fucking under the next, like I'm already way down the block, right? So yeah. where do you start with this and what do you do? Like walk me through typically why people fall because we overspend, let's be honest. A lot of us have wishful marketing. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm going to talk at like a, you know, like a high level just to, you know, I'm not going to get deep in the weeds, right? But sure. just just from a perspective, there's a couple basic, basic, basic things as a real estate agent you should do. Number one, settle a business account. Number two, pay yourself a salary. And, and number three would be hire a bookkeeper, right? Like those are the, like the basics of a real estate agent before we even get, you know, deep in the weeds in regards to, you know, how to spend the money, how to track it, that type of thing. But then, you know, you, you want, you do want to make sure that you're planning your business. Right. And so we take, you know, so, so you've got a couple, you can, you know, take a shot in the dark at that. You can look at models and say, okay, well, here's the models of people that have gone before me. And then what have they spent? What do their businesses look like? And you're completely right, Mike. I mean, there's so many people that are making millions of dollars gross, 2000 bucks a month net. Right. And that's, that's just a stupid business model, right? Because the risk that you take, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, yeah, I want to make millions of dollars and, you know, we're on our way for that, but, but I want to net, it's more about what you net, your profit is really ultimately what matters, you know? So you, so you, first you got to plan for it. You have to say, okay, here's where I want to go. Then you have to, you know, model it. Right. And, and so for us, it's, I'll give you an example. So like, let's talk like at marketing, for example. All right. So if you're going to do marketing and you, let's say you do a transaction, what's your average commission in Chicago? I don't, I don't know what it is. In Chicago, when I was still there, um, well, it depended. The older I got, the more money my friends made. So my commission, by the time I left, it was more like 500 to 600,000. I would okay. say it was my average time. And you're in California now, is that right? Yep. yep. All right, cool. Yeah. All right. So I figured Chicago would be a, you know, all right. So let's say 10,000 is your commission. Yeah. And if that, if that's, yeah. All right. Just to, you know, make it easy math. And so it may, and for some people across the country, it's 5,000, right? But whatever it is, take 10% of that, put it into a bank account. 
Call that your marketing bank account. Now, here's the mistake that I see a lot of agents make. They take that marketing bank account and then they will, you know, they'll put a thousand bucks in there and then they'll spend that over two or three months and then they'll say it doesn't work. Well, what you have to understand is that marketing is an 18 month process to be able to optimize it, right? You're not going, you'll get a return, you know, around six months in, sometimes a little bit sooner than that depending on how you're spending your money, but you're not going to really optimize the marketing dollar until you're 18 months in. So if, for example, you want to spend a hundred dollars on marketing a month, then you would want to sell 18,000 in, in gross commissions, put 1800 into an account, and then you only spend a hundred bucks a month, no more than that. Right. So that tells you how much money that you can spend. So it's, like really simple math that a lot of agents really struggle with, you know? Dude, so I'm going to do that know. with my own business. <laughs> like, yeah. So 10%, and do you see that across the board? Are you talking specifically in, in real estate? Uh, no, it's going to, it's going to be different for, for what business that you're in. Okay. So, that's, so that's, a, yeah, that's the thing with that. Depending on what your business is, there's going to be metrics and models, you know, so we just did this thing on, on ClickFunnels and, and I was talking to my business partner and he's a master at the ClickFunnels. And when I started going through there, he kept telling me, he's like, Dan, the long, was it the long-term investment, right? Like what's the, what's the, what's the return on the long-term investment? But nobody could tell me what the models were. Nobody could tell me if you spend a dollar in, you get a dollar 10 in return. Yep. And I asked that question of, I don't know how many smart people, this isn't real estate sales, this is different. This is, you know, online marketing sales. And I asked that question of so many very, very smart people and nobody could give me an answer to it. Dude, I don't know the answer to mine. I'm bad at metrics. I'm horrible at metrics. You'd think I, because my I'm a market, I'm an attention, I'm an attention yeah. whore. Like I'm good at creating attention and buzz. I've always attracted business. I guarantee I would have triple the amount of sales if I follow your advice. Just because, uh, and I'm actually in the process personally of doing this in my own business, but you're right. Sure. Nobody, and on Shark Tank, it's the same thing. Well, most of them do know, because you see Mark Cuban on Shark Tank be like, all right, what's your customer acquisition cost, which is what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, and uh, a lot of people are like, it's a good question. <laughs> how do you spend money without knowing how much it's going to cost you to actually create positive revenue off of that money being spent is what we're talking about, folks. So have to look at your business um, like that, um, Zillow is a really good example of this. Like, cause you know how much you're spending every month or any set monthly fee when you're buying big leads or buying business. But I see a lot of people don't know their numbers. But even with Zillow though, even with Zillow, if you take that from uh, yeah, you know what you're spending this month, right? But how many agents are going to sit there and say, because what we know is we know that online, Zillow is going to actually be higher than this, right? But just an online internet lead, not Zillow, you're looking at a one out of 100 that you're going to close in 90 days. Yep. But here's the piece that agents miss. You're looking at a three to five out of 18 months that you can close. Sure. Right. Right. So instead of sitting there and putting systems in place to follow up with that other two to four, what an agent does is they just let them fall through the cracks. They get into somebody else's system and then they just keep spending the money to get the one of 100. Right. So when you look at it like that, your per, you know, your, your acquisition cost is, is huge. Right. But you could take your acquisition costs if you put the proper systems in place and follow up with them through time and be able to, uh, you know, cut it by 75%. Folks, there's a, in marketing world, you always hear this term sort of get thrown out there and they say it in some way, shape or form, forgive me if I butcher it, but they say the company that can afford to pay the most for the customer is the one who wins in the long run. 
Um, and it makes a lot of sense because once you have the retention and it's retention, when you say marketing and, uh, lead generation or putting 10% back into your, into your models, what were you, what kind of systems were you guys running doing it? Were you yeah. putting it into your database? Were you putting them, were you doing client events? Like tell me more on, on that end. Uh, just so we see what your definition of marketing is. I got three main pillars of business. All right. So one is my sphere of influence. Two is my larger database. And three is internet leads. Okay. So when we look at the larger database, I've got 12,000 people in that larger database. And we've got about 650 people in my sphere of influence database. So we allocate a certain amount of money to, you know, to spend to that. And then in addition to that, I've got five inside sales agents and we pay them from the marketing budget. Now to be able to make that work, our inside sales agents are in the Philippines where it would cost me for five inside sales agents in the Philippines where they're making a really, really great wage. It would cost me less than about a half of an inside sales agent sitting side by side uh, me in, in my office. Right. So that's a way to be able to manage your expenses smartly. Now, to be able to leave five people virtually, you actually have to leave. What you can't do is just sit there and say, hey, look, go call these people and, you know, go, you know, you're going to rock and roll. That ain't going to work. You have to teach them what to do. You have to have them on the video. Like my people right now, they're on the video. And if I wasn't on this video, I could be on with them, watching them work and, and working with them side by side with them. Right. So the way to live. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah, we do. It's always on there. Right. So I'm Google Hangouts and, and like I'll jump in. I don't lead generate every single day just because I've got a lot of different, you know, priorities. Because, you know, for me, it's about focusing on like your most important activity. And at first and always it's lead generation. Right. But then as you start building a business, it starts becoming more leadership, more training, more leading, more motivating. Right. And so it's more useful for me to spend my time recruiting and selecting an agent come work with us than it is me going to find a listing because that listing is going to pay me $10,000. And I'm really grateful for that. That agent, we're going to earn together a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. And there's going to be profit coming into the company from that couple hundred thousand dollars. And that is much more profitable. And it takes me just as much effort to find either one. Right. You know, so that's the way that the systems work. So, but here's one thing. I, I don't know if you guys got this, but out of the 10%, he's saying whatever the amount is, okay, let's say 10, 20, 10%, whatever. He's segmented the different sources of business and allocate it accordingly. So like, and I don't see anybody do that. Realtors either, when they think of marketing, they'll put it all in, in uh, Zillow on a bunch of strangers they don't know, but then they totally neglect their referral sources and their SOI. They don't spend any money on that, on that audience. And that's why, you know, Clients cheat on their agents all the time, right? It's because they forget who the fuck you are. You stop talking to them, guys. Like 80% of buyers forget their agent's name in six months. You don't make a referral-based business. And I love you say that because I'm all database. I'm all a database guy. But what is your difference between your SOI database and your database database? So the database database, we market to them once a week with a video. So we do a Q&A video and we segment that into real estate agents and then everybody else. So the real estate agents would be something like this video that we're doing right now, that would go out to the real estate agent. Everybody else is going to be, uh, you know, like, okay, let me talk to you about what's actually shifted in the market over the last six weeks because of the quarantine, right? Like here's how the market's different today than it was before, whatever the case may be. It's going to be something that's going to be acute. You know, the, the normal questions that people will ask me on a day-to-day -day basis would be what we do. So that goes out to that database uh, once a week. We call the larger database, once a quarter that we're not quite getting there yet because I need to 
hire two more inside sales agents to be able to get there, to be able to be calling them four times a year. And then in that large database, there's one of three people. They're either the sphere of influence, they're the agents, or they contacted us to uh, buy or sell in the past. So if somebody contacted us to buy or sell in the past, we're going to solicit them to get in action today. If it's a sphere of influence, we're going to invite them to the next client appreciation event. We do four of those a, a year. If it's an agent, we're going to invite them to a, uh, to a webinar that we teach every single Thursday afternoon. And so that's the, the way that we treat the, the big database. The smaller sphere of influence past client database, we do all that. Plus, we do the client appreciation events. And then plus, we like I will personally call them four times a year as well. Plus, we you know, touch them on Facebook, that type of thing. Love it. But you have systems. And each one oh, yeah. of these messaging or content or they cost time and they cost money because now you're employing people to leverage your time, right? This is great. I love it. All right. So we went to the 10% route. What else on the income? There's other 90%. Yeah. All right. So 10% is going to go to, uh, to marketing. About 14% is going to go to staff salaries. And so the way that we actually have it broken up is some of our staff is actually allocated through our marketing budget. So the inside sales agents, even though it's staff, we're paying them from that 10%. So then that leaves us with the client care, the runner, the director of operations, the staff that keeps us, you know, uh, running and, and, you know, doing all the paperwork and making sure that, you know, making sure that I'm calling who I'm supposed to be calling, right? Because I'm like going, you know, a million miles an hour, a minute probably. And so they, they got to be like, Dan, call this person, Dan, call this person, right? And so... That staff right there is about 14% of the, uh, of the budget. And then just other stuff is about another 5 to 6%. And then the agents, uh, right now I have two agents on my team, and we have a staff of 14, believe it or not. And so the agents take up about, 30, about 33%, which leaves us with about a 38% profit. Got it. Somewhere in that ballpark. So let me walk these numbers through... Um for individual agents who may be listening now, or individual lender per se. Um, all right, guys, let's break down the 100%. So basically what, here's what, and tell me if I'm following this correctly. Yeah. Um, 10% is gonna go through marketing. You're gonna divide that up amongst different things. Okay, that's number one. Would you agree that's probably the most important expense? Yeah, if I'm gonna go high on any number, it's gonna be the marketing and I'm gonna take it from someplace else. And now historically, I've gone high on staff. Now I fixed that by going virtual. Because the 14 yeah. people that work for me, 11 of them are, are in the Philippines. So, folks, I, I, and I want you guys, because I already know what they're going to be saying. They're like, well, I don't have anyone that works for me. Well, he's saying that 14% could be used to, like, hire that VA. You could use that in any which way, shape, or form, and you're really leveraging time and all of that at that point. So, you got to look at that from a business owner. For example, I'll throw my own shameless plug in here. It's my show. I could do that, right? You could hire a freaking real estate marketing dude, and we could do all your damn video content creation for you, bro, and we'll market your database. That's a good investment. But <laughs> buy, buy two, buy two today. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes sense because if you even look at like a restaurant business model, like the margins, it makes sense. Most businesses tend to work off of like an under 40% net, net margin. Even the restaurants, it's like what, 10 to 20%, even lower than yeah. that. Oh God, lower than that for restaurants. Yeah. So, yeah, restaurants are like 5%. But you're running it as a business though. And you're running, you're treating every aspect of based upon the duties you need to perform, the actions you need to take, and associating a cost to that. That's what I like about this. You're, you, have, you have a cost associated with everything that goes on your business so you can measure it and do an ROI. 
Yeah, Mike. So let me. So you're right. So a lot of agents are watching this right now, and they're like, "Okay, that's like here, and I'm here." So if that's you watching this right now, then look at it like this. Just look at that as not necessarily the end point, right? Because I'm still growing, right? We're still going. But look at that as a maybe a future point. Mm-hmm. And then where you are right now, because when I started, it was one. So it was 100% to me, right? And I paid my broker some money as well, right? But then as it evolved, I realized to say, okay, well, I have to take some of these tasks and I have to, to get them off my shoulders, right? Because I'm not getting paid enough money to go out and hang signs or lock boxes, right? And so then, you know, I would hire somebody at a lower wage that would allow for me to do the dollar productive things. So if you're concerned about hiring somebody, you only have to invest three months. Because the reality of it is, like, because a lot of people, you know, and particularly if you go virtual, right? So think about this way. You can get a virtual assistant in the Philippines, you know, like an entry level for about 500 bucks a month. Okay, so that's $1,500 that you would be risking on one virtual assistant. Because after three months, if they haven't given you a return, then they're not the right fit for you or you're not the right leader for them, right? So either you're not doing the right thing or they're not doing the right thing. But either way, after three months, if you're not getting a a multiple of a return, you shouldn't continue being in business with them. Well, let me ask you this question as an agent, because I know a lot of agents would be like, well, I'm not going to spend, and this is all mindset, you guys. This is what I think Dan was referencing when he said the most important is mindset, because this is what every agent say. I'm not going to spend 25 bucks to have someone put up a lockbox. You guys, okay. if you don't think your hourly wage is worth more than $25 an hour, you might as well go get a damn job at Subway and become a, a sandwich artist. Like, because that's what you're making. Uh, you got to value your time. So how does someone overcome that? Because that's how a lot of people think. Like, I'm not going to outsource that. They don't realize that what they could be spending that hour of time could actually be a money-making income-producing activity. Is what you're saying, right? Yeah, you know, you get two sides of that also. So you get the other side of that where you get really productive agents. And when I used to own a brokerage, I would talk to them all the time. And, and they would be tapped out around, in my market, around 36 to 40 transactions a year. Makes sense. Okay. But they were working 18 hours a day. They were working 365 days a, a year, right? And they were just like working nonstop, you know? And so because they wouldn't leverage. And that those are people that really want that control. It's all right. We can bring them on. We, yeah. we can bring on more guests. It's, it's cool. It's for my podcast editor. Hey, folks, we're live on quarantine. So if you hear that little kid in the background, that's real life. <laughs> that's cool. Keep, keep carrying on. I'm listening. Where was I, man? I got distracted. Um, you were talking about the agents and them being yeah, like not yeah. valuing the time. Right. So you get, you know, you could get two sides of that. You get those agents that think they're really, really doing well, but they're not like, what kind of life is that? Right. Because they don't take the time to sit there and say, well, let me leverage some of this stuff off, right? I don't have to be that control. I'll call it control freak, right? I don't want, you know, I'll, I'll call it, right? Yeah. Like, you know, and then the other side of that is that agent that's riding that roller coaster, right? And so they're lead generating. They'll do a one or two transactions every three months and be like, woo, yeah, like awesome, right? But then, oh, crap, I forgot I wasn't lead generating during that time that I was, you know, servicing those clients. So what if you could, instead of spending that time servicing those clients and doing the CMAs, doing the market analysis, filling out the paperwork, getting your buyer contracts ready, getting your listing contracts ready, what if instead of taking your time doing that, you could spend your time continuing to find more business, right? Because when you can, uh, when you can get a relationship with that concept, you can feel good about that concept, then you'll get off that roller coaster. 
Makes right? sense. So that's, that's really the way that I think the agents have to think about this. Yeah, it is. You're right. It just starts with mindset, you guys, because you can only make that decision with the right one. And then it's really just based upon a decision you make at the end of the day. That's it. Yeah. And um, here's the thing. If you're, if you're concerned about money, partner with an agent in your office and hire one virtual assistant, right? Because if you can't afford 250 bucks a month for somebody to help you 20 hours a week, then there's a, another conversation that you might be having with yourself. Yep. Right. Because that's a pretty low investment. If you, if you really understand that this is a, a, is a business. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. I think you really took uh, everything and sort of simplified it for us. Any closing thoughts um, that you have, and then uh, we'll go ahead and open the floor so you can let people know how to reach you. Yeah. So really, you know, I think the biggest thing, Mike is, you know, like I said, treat your business like a business, have a clarity on what your goals are, understand, you know, why you're doing what you want to do. And if, you know, they say if your why is big enough, your how will show up. But here's the deal. That's true. Mm-hmm. Because for the last couple of years, my why was to build my mom, who's just turned 73 years old, a house on my property. And quite frankly, when I had that vision five years ago, I didn't see the pathway. Okay. And because I understood that here's a woman that birthed me, <laughs> right, took care of me for my first couple decades. Well, I want to, you know, it's like, I want to pay her back now. I want to take care of her. And so when I first had that idea, probably about five years ago, I had no idea how I'm going to afford a second home to be, be able to build my mom that house. And I was able to do it, right? Because that was my why. That's why I did business. That's why I woke up every single morning, right? Today, my why is different because I've knocked that one out. And so it's just understanding why, and your, your why doesn't have to be that big either. It could be just simply to be a good dad, a good husband. Uh, to provide for your family. It could be a good wife, a good spouse, a good person, whatever it is that, you know, to have significance, you know, whatever it is that's important to you, you know, just have a clarity on why you're doing what you're doing. And once you have that clarity, then take action. Right. And, you know, that's just, you know, that would be my, my advice to you. Awesome. Good advice, dude. Great show. Dan, why don't you uh, go ahead and let our listeners know um, how to follow you, how to visit your site, check out some of your stuff, and then we'll get this wrapped up. Cool. So you can always find me online. I'm pretty easy to find on the social medias. Dan Roshan, or as Mike says, I don't know, Rock On. Was that what we said? <laughs> He's called it Dan Roach. <laughs> we did Roach On, Rock On, yeah. a little bit of all. R-O-C-H-O-N. So you can find me online, uh, Dan Roshan. I just wrote a book, Real Estate Evolution. This is the 10-step guide to CPI, Consistent and Predictable Income for Real Estate Agents. You can find this on Amazon, on Audible, or on www the real estate evolution.com. And I talk about 10 steps in the book to show you how you can have consistent, predictable income and get off that roller coaster. Cool. Get that book guys, run your business, quit being ran by it. If you aren't approaching your business as a business, you're just another salesperson chasing a bunch of leads. And that's, if you want to work that job, that's great. But if you want to have a career, take this man's advice. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. Folks, you know how to find us. It's very simple. Go ahead and leave us a review. Follow us on social, YouTube channel, subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, The Real Estate Marketing Dude. And you know how, if you don't know what we do, video content creation done for you. I'll build your brand. I'll tell you exactly what to say. And we'll script, edit, and distribute your content for you. 
And if you don't want us to do that and your videographer is stuck because they don't know what the hell to create either, well, then I'll give you over all of our scripts as well and we'll train them on how to do their damn job too. So it doesn't matter. Either way, we're going to help you get video content creation done for you in any way, shape, or form. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Podcast. We appreciate you guys and stay tuned for next week's episode. See you guys then. Bye-bye. Today's episode may be over, but we have plenty more to keep you busy. To get your complete blueprint for building out a real marketing plan for your real estate business, head over to realestatemarketingdude.com and see if you have what it takes to really become more than just a typical agent. Are you the next real estate marketing dude? Find out here next time on Real Estate Marketing Dude.